Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we thank you this morning for being in the house of God. Thank you that we gather here as your people, those who have believed and have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, those who have come to faith in Christ, those that are born again. And now we are here uh, to celebrate and to worship, to praise your name, to give you thanks. Um, We pray that your word would be a central part of our gathering this morning so that we might understand our purpose in this life and that we not miss the mark. We pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal to us your heart and lead us in the way we should go, that we might champion life. We know the devil comes but to steal, to kill, to destroy, to ruin, diminish, and distort the substance of what you created, but you have come to give us life and make it that life more abundant. We pray that you open the eyes of our understanding, that your word would be a good seed, that it would be planted in a good heart, that would give forth good fruit, and that we would have a harvest that glorifies your name, that your word might be like a double-edged sword and penetrate to the deepest part of our being, to divide between the soul and the spirit, and that from there we might garner wisdom and that we might champion life as you have called us into this world. We pray for all the challenges we have, that today might be a day of perseverance, that we hang on to see your mercy and grace triumph this life. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our families. Thank you for the men, women, and children who have decided to follow Jesus. We glorify you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. So, um, I don't know if this is as a result of being at this trip that we just took, but uh, for whatever it it is and however it comes, I, last night, it was, it was a long night with respect to being bombarded by um, 50 approaches to this aspect here. And you see the title of today's message, Missing God, Missing Glory. If you're not on God's page for your life, if you're not, if you're not living according to what he has called you to, Um, I don't know if it's too dark for you to see. This guy is in the radiant splendor of God's glory. And there's a gentleman over here that is walking a bummer life in darkness. And I I thank the media department for having put this slide together because I I tell them a little bit what I'm thinking and then they go back and and have to make it a reality. Um, But they're gifted in this respect. And, And this clearly... Uh, shows the message that God spoke to me last night. And as he was speaking, and I wasn't getting much sleep, um, I, I was saying, Lord, thank you that for 25 years in this church, he's rained down provision for us to bring his understanding. Uh, why? Because these things are far too lofty for us to understand. Um, I know for a fact that there's so many insights to the word of God and particulars that I don't want to pretend to become an expert uh, with respect to knowing it all, but that the Lord might reveal himself to us continually and to give us his heart. So this message, Missing God, Missing Glory, um, approaches the understanding of why we were created. There are so many people 
that are walking about uh, in, in the advance of time, and if you, if, you, if you do all the categories of the descendants of our forefathers, you go back 6,000 years and you have Adam and Eve. Um, it's a little bit problematic for us to hear people talk about millions of years ago when we were first upon the earth. No, uh, it's, not, it's not gonna happen that way. Uh, our forefathers that were the first inhabitants of the humankind upon the earth can be mathematically uh, evidenced to have been upon the earth 6,000 years ago with our first parents, Adam and Eve. Um, that being said, even though 6,000 years have passed by, there's still people upon the earth that don't even know why they're here. They, they do not know the function of why God placed humans upon the earth. And so we go to the Bible, the eternal word of the Lord gives us understanding and wisdom. And there in Isaiah 43, 7, he says, everyone who is called by my name, everyone, you know, turn to your neighbor and says, that includes you, buddy. Um, Everyone who's called by my name, whom I have created. So that, that is powerful. He is our creator for my glory. And that, that begins this message of missing God. You miss glory. Uh, and a lot of people think, and we've been so divested, and we've been so ruined in our understanding of why we're here Nobody thinks as being here for anything even close to glory. Uh, maybe gory, which means ugly, horrible uh, things, terror, but not glory. We're more identified with things going wrong than things going right. And so he says, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. So at the forefront of our creation, God created us for his glory. And his glory, for the many times that it's mentioned in the Bible, it's not understood. And, and a, a lot of people say, well, his glory, but uh, not ours or not me, or that doesn't equate to my reality. Well, it would be awful that you would be created for glory and not understand it. And I hope that after today, you make efforts to not fall short of his glory. That's what the Bible says. I believe it's Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we see that in his making of man and woman, he created them with the purpose of glory. And when we fall short or we're deviated, detoured, we, we, we travel away from glory. Um, all the more why Parents are so important, and that was my case with my four children. I said, Lord, if I miss living where you want me to live, my kids miss out on what you have planned. And I would weep uh, for years asking God on behalf of my children that I not drop the ball. And so the motivation has been more um, that responsibility that, and, and I think that's how I became a pastor too, um, I wanted my children not to have any excuses about not seeing the reality, the legitimacy of what God said. And if they saw it in me, they would be attractive and they would desire it. 
And so that was the game plan even before we had any children. Um, you need to start speaking consistently with the word of God. He's created everyone he's called by his name for his glory, those he formed and made. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. And I'm not gonna share my glory. I'm not gonna give my glory to another, nor my, pray, uh, my praise to things made by men. Um, everything that substitutes the glory of God is the glory of this world. And so we gotta be careful because those of us that were created for glory are somehow seeking the accomplishment and acknowledgement of that status. And so some people uh, move in directions that are not consistent with the legitimate glory that God has for us. And so we'll understand this as we go along. But let's go also to Revelations 4.11, which is the last book of the Bible, where it says, Worthy are you, O Lord God, you who created things for your glory, that you might receive the glory and the honor and the power because you created these things. You created all things, and by your will they exist, and by your will they were created. So if God would want his glory to be upon those things created, he would have created something after his image and likeness. And he did, and it's you. Out of, out of all of creation, Genesis 1.26, he says, let us make man, and it's not talking about male, it's talking about mankind. Let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. So this sets us up above every other creation, and the Bible calls man and woman, mankind, his master craft. It's the only thing that he said, these are going to represent me wherever they're at and wherever they go. And again, watching what has happened in the fall of man allowed him to fall in his understanding to what glory is. And so we talk about it all the time, but we don't understand that the things that God created, Psalm 19:1, the heavens that you created are there to declare the glory of God. And even the firmament, the stars and the universe show what your hand makes, your handiwork. And so as we see these things play out, you understand now that you're not a monkey. You didn't come from monkeys. God created man first. And then he said, you know something? Adam, begin to name all the animals. And so he would name the monkey and the horse and the elephant and the lion. And so all these things are named by man. But man has the essence of having been created in the image and likeness of God. And as all things declare the glory of God, what more than you and I to declare that glory? The substitution of that glory is that you might somehow be deceived in allowing other things in your life to manifest and represent what is seen in the Bible as the glory of this world. The Bible says that the glory of this world is passing and it fades, but the glory of the Lord remains forever. First Chronicles 16, 28, he says that you give to the Lord, O families, 
every family that he's created of the peoples, give to the Lord glory and strength. Verse 29, he says, ascribe, give God the glory due his name. He wants to do something through you, in you, amongst your family, amongst your children, amongst your descendants, to bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. So how to move from the realm of darkness, like we see the young man on this, on this slide who's in darkness, and purposefully move over into the radiant splendor of his glory in an expression of all things. Understand, we were created by God, the creator, to reflect his glory. Psalm 100, verse 3, the confusion man has that because we have the capacity to walk in a manner to reflect many expressions of different glory, and you can see it, and you know it's true in the lives of so many people, um, whether it's LeBron James, or whether it's an entertainer, or whether it's an athlete, or somebody who has talents and giftings, they, they begin to walk around uh, glorying in themselves, when the truth of the matter is God wants us to show forth the talents um, I had an opportunity on this trip to talk to an engineer. He's probably a fascinating young man by the name of Arthur Luna. He's in Brazil. So the people come from all over the world. And we're standing in line for two hours and Arthur Luna is right, like I'm, I'm in line, I'm second in line with Gerardo. We're waiting to pick up his medallion at the Grammys. And we turn around and there's a young man here. And so we start getting to know him He's a fascinating young man. He says, I didn't know what I was going to do in life, but my grandfather is a producer. My father is a producer. So I decided to follow them. So he became a producer and he's a star. And he says, I've been nominated for many Grammys. I've never won. Uh, and, and all of a sudden he says, I guess I'm just lucky. And I said, no, sir, you're not lucky. You're blessed because God gave you talent. And I'm going to let you know something. And this was one of the key conversations we had. As you begin to tell people where your talent came from, God's going to lift you up. And you start saying, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed because my creator has endowed me with talents for his glory. And then you have the right perspective to be entrusted with the glory of God in your life. So whatever the talent is, whatever the gifting, whatever the prosperity, if you point to the one who gave you that expression, that's where you glorify God. And we were created for that purpose. If you're eloquent in speech, if you have a capacity of, uh, I, I remember, and, and you guys heard the story, I've been riding horses since I was like eight years old. And by the time I was 28, uh, I had ridden horses so much, I was... I was glorying that I was an incredible horseback rider and no horse could ever toss me from it and I would hang on and I would be strong on the horse and vibrant and all of a sudden one day the horse went up and I hung on. It went down. It went up again the second time and, and I was happy. I said, you could go up 20 times. I'm not going to fall. But on the third time, the horse went up and fell back on top of me. I thought I was going to be a quadriplegic for the rest of my life. 
because the horse had fallen right on my back. My spinal cord would have gotten super severed, my hips, whatever the case may be. And I said, Lord, what happened? He goes, you thought you were a good rider, but it was me all those years keeping you on that horse. And I said, sorry, Lord, because I thought I was boasting in my capacity when it was you the whole time. And whether you're a businessman and are prosperous and you're, you've done anything in life to accomplish anything, it's time to give glory to God because you were created to give him glory in all things. And we're going to see that even more remotely here. It says, know that the Lord, he's God. And the more you equate yourself with the lowly things of, he, we're made out of dust, David says. He knows our condition. He formed us from the dust of the earth. We're nothing but dust with a little Chanel spray on it. With a little bit of fashion we put on a suit and we're like, woo, look at this dusty guy coming up the road. You're nothing. It's all glory to God. He has made us and not we ourselves. And this is why the world is so messed up. The amount of people that are out there trying to accomplish things on their own strength, knowing that God made us for these things, that he might be glorified. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor, his fold. And so to keep a right perspective in all these things, we, we say, Lord, forgive us that we thought we were something and that. First Peter 4.10 says, just as each one has received a special gifting, if you've received something that nobody else like, uh, one of the times that we were talking with Pastor Richie, we were asking, Pastor, how is it that you come up with this music? How, how is it that that comes out of you, you know? And it's able to move the entire world with what, what started in his brain, putting things together and then coming up with this term salsa. And then he has the whole world dancing to his music. And you're like, how did you do that? It's a gift. And he says, it's just like how you preach every week. If anybody tried to do that, they would go insane. But God has gifted you with that. And it's a talent, and that's the way God has gifted me and put talents in my life. Um, all the glory goes back to God. The way we move our fingers and wiggle our toes, um, we have to go back to who gave us that capacity. Each one of you has received a gift, so serve it to the others. Use that gift in the direction of other people and steward this manifold grace of God. Verse 11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as if God himself were speaking. Have the confidence of knowing that the gifting God has given you for his glory. Don't kidnap it and sequester it into this is what I've done, this is what I do. Let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things, what? God might receive the glory. That in all things, they point to God through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory. If you were to do anything in your life and try and own it or keep it, uh, it might be taken away. And the dominion forever and ever, amen. 
So these were the men of God as they understood God. They knew that God had given us talents. He had given us giftings and all these things stewarded for the glory of God that God might receive. John 15, 8, Jesus says this at the end of his life. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples if you follow in the track of learning how to I want to say this because it's super important. There are levels of glory that you can receive. It's not done all at once. You be faithful with giving the God the glory in the little things and you could be trusted to be taken to greater glory. And that's what it says there in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, verse 18. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. As we uncover our faces, behold, we're seeing the reflection of the glory of the Lord as in a mirror. And by landing that position of looking at Christ and his reflection of that glory, it says we are being transformed in that same image from glory to glory. From one expression to glory to the next, just by the Spirit of the Lord. Could I tell you that some people won't ever shine brighter than they shine right now because they do not understand? They have not given God the glory for what's happening in their lives right now. And so they don't go to the next step of glory. There are different shades of glory, um, the different expressions. Trust me that I didn't come up with this on my own. This is all I'm getting lamb blasted all last night with this stuff. And, and God says, everyone carries a different expression of glory depending on how, let's put up that slide again, how, how much have you walked from here in darkness and you're making your way over into the light of his glory. The more you listen to God and are faithful with what he's telling you, the more and greater expression of that reflects from your life. And so here in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, as you grow in these things, verse 12, if anyone is building this life together, I'm sorry, you're in 2 Corinthians, but I'm in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. If anyone is building on this foundation, if you're really gonna go in the direction of what God has planned. If you listen to God, you're going from glory to glory, from greater and greater expressions of that reflection. Uh, it's almost like being a moon and you're outside of the bandwidth and rays of the sun. Do you know that the, the moon reflects the glory of the sun? And that's why we say, wow, look at that moon over Miami. We're like, look at that thing. The only thing is it's in full view of the splendor of the reflection of the sun. But it can be eclipsed away from the sun and it's dark. And you were not created for darkness. You were created for great light. But it depends if you're going to move in the direction of God's shining. And here it says, if anyone is going to build in this direction, there are several things you could build with. You could build with gold. You could build with silver. You could build with precious stones. You could build with wood. You could build with hay or straw. 
So you determine the greatness of his splendor depending on you're moving in the right direction. And so it's sad that having the capacity to shine with the bright splendor of gold that you be giving, and, and for whatever it's worth, how many remember the story of the three little pigs? I was so tempted to bring that story once again around because there was one little pig that built really quick with hay because he wanted to get on with the, it didn't last when the huff and the puff came. It didn't remain. So a lot of people are not living their Christian life with the gold standard. They're just barely passing by. They barely even do what they need to do. And they, they, they shine. They're, they're, put that slide up there again. They're probably right about here. They have a little bit of Christianity. They have a, a little bit of their life is all right. But they're not, they're not right in the light of his glory. And Paul is saying that. Make sure that when you build, you consider, verse 13, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is. Do you know somebody called Shifty Shady? That is always going into darkness and into the world and doesn't shine bright for his glory, doesn't call it a full surrender. They're, they're straddling the fence. They're 50-50. It's 50 cent. Right? They're, they're, not, they're not living for God. They, when they're around worldly people, they get just, they're probably worse than worldly people. And, and there's some people that are not going to settle for less. Each one's work will be revealed by fire. When the trials of life come, you're not hanging on. Things are falling apart. People say, but aren't you a Christian? Yeah, but you're one of those Christians that built with hay. You're one of those Christians that built with straw, with wood. You're not one of those Christians that built with gold, silver, and precious stones, which get more precious in the presence of fire. The fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And so, you know, for whatever Jesus says, some will, will have a return of 30, some will have a return of 60, some will have a return, a full return of 100. And so you have to ask yourself, where am I in regards to this game plan, hopefully after today, you're going you're gonna to make a fast track to not compromise. You're going to put away the, the mid-level mid lukewarm Christianity and you're going to press forward to be able to offer. Here it is in verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, there's going to be a revelation of a reward. He's going to see the full benefit of the reward. And so different levels of glory depending on the capacity that you surrender and put forth. In that regards, it will show forth what it's made out of and he shall receive a reward. Verse 15, but if anyone's work is lost, burned up, didn't stand the test of trials, didn't stand the test of the challenges, he will be saved, but that which he's wrought will suffer loss. So there, the, the, the little piggy with the house of straw fell apart. The one with the, built with a little bit more solid wood fell apart. But the one who built with a brick home, a solid foundation, a solid building, more sacrifice, more time, more dedication, and, and no one's gonna, I don't know that, this is one of the, my, 
my cautions in being a pastor is I'm not going to obligate you to do what you don't want. There's not going to be a religious imposition over you of you should have, could have, and would have because that's your problem. I want to show you that God has an incredible expression of his glory for your life, for your family, for your marriage, for your finances, for your ministry. Your life will be incredible if you put yourself wholly in the hands of God, way beyond what you thought you could have done. And, but, but not everybody's going to do that. So, so I, was, I was born again, 1983, 84, and, and there's been a lot of people that started out with us at the same race, but, but truly not the surrender and the revelation. Um, I attribute the sincerity of my repentance the first day. Some people, they, 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 they talk to you about the Lord and you say, well, I guess Christianity will be fun for, I'll, I'll do it for a season. Or I'll join the church, it's a good place to be. Or, or I'll, I guess I'll start reading the Bible. But they never repent. I think that what took place in my life that first day was a genuine repentance. Lord, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm messed up. I'm, I'm finished. I have nothing. Uh, what you say that you have with me as a plans, this, is, this was uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9, when he says, I know the plans that I have prepared for you. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, has not entered. The glory that I want to pour out in your life, Joaquin, you never even dreamed possible. And guess what? I never thought I would be married to one woman. I thought I would have five wives. I never thought I'd have four children that would have a home. I have four incredible children that I, that I have not left. Last night, my next door neighbor was moving his daughter out of her home with a one-year-old because they're having problems with her, the, the father, what do they call it, father, daddy's girl, baby daddy. So, so that glory falls short of the plans that God has for that young girl. And so I was even telling him as we were talking yesterday, if I told him for some reason, you thought that if you gave your God time, talents, and treasure, you thought that if you gave them to God, you would come out diminished. So you took your time and your talents and your efforts to another place thinking there's a better return. And he still doesn't get it. Because I know for a fact that once we're able to move in the direction of surrendering our will and saying, not my will, thine be done. Lord, I want to find out what my eyes have not seen, what my ears have not heard, what has not even entered into my heart as a dream, the plans you have for me, the things which God has prepared for those who love him, for those who surrender. What is the glory of God waiting to be bestowed in splendor if we were to come Totally, put the slide back on, come under the radiant splendor of his glory and say, what does this mean? What is this life that I'm seeking to accomplish outside of God where I'm going to definitely fall short uh, in every regard? Finances, some people say, oh, my finances are shameful. It's on you. Start doing what God says to do with your finances so you can see his glory. And not yours. For a Christian church, that was lame. 
You can't, you're, you're, not, you're not reflecting, you know, you're not, the potential of what God wants to do with you is being lost. Not because God doesn't have it for you, but because you refuse to come within the, the lavish expanse of his splendor. And so it gets down to the dirty here in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 10.31. He says, whatever you do, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, give God the place that he did. You imagine this, this place was sold out. All the tickets were, were sold even in, 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 in increased number over the amount of seating and so even the guy this is one of the things that happened over there at the latin grammys one guy donated a million dollars this year as a philanthropist as a as a he's being generous he's giving the latin grammys a million dollars and when he comes to pick up his tickets they say sorry sir no more tickets for you or your family he got so upset he's like are you kidding me i give a million dollars and you don't have tickets for me and my family? And he got so insulted. And here I was and got an upgrade. And then the day of the Grammys, there, was a, there were tables. There was like 2,000 tables in the luncheon. The first part of the Grammys is a lunch from 1 to 3 o'clock. And it was packed out and people were sitting up front. I'm sitting in the first row with a whole table to myself, 10 empty seats. And I said, man, this is good seating, but apparently the people didn't show up. So I'm sitting in the first, on that table all alone, and I reach over for, there was cookies and sandwiches. I reach over for a cookie, and there's never peanut butter. There was peanut butter. There, usually it's oatmeal and chocolate chip, but there was peanut butter. And I look up, and I, I said, God, you're so good. I want to give you the glory. I'm in the front row, empty table. Everybody's fighting for tickets. I have no friends here. I could have brought 10 of my buddies to see the glory of God. And then I reach over for a cookie. It's peanut butter. I said, I got to take myself a selfie with my peanut butter cookie at the Latin Grammys. And what for? To give God the glory. To say, you're so amazing. You, you don't, every detail. And so that's what it's talking. Whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Don't, don't, don't. He's not going to share his glory. So are you prepared to give him the glory? And if you give him the glory, he's willing to entrust you to greater expressions of glory. So now you're not building with straw and hay. Now you're building with things that even in the midst of fiery trials, you're not going to be lost. You're going to. You're going to be found here in 1 Corinthians 15, 39. He uses this. He says, all the flesh is not the same. In the expressions of what he created in the natural, there is one kind of flesh that is the skin of men. How many are fascinated with our skin? I, I am. They, they say that every cell in your body, it reproduces every God knows how many hours. The medical doctors will know. Every cell reproduces itself and so because of our sinful nature well these things are not reproducing as good as they should and and so we're being diminished in our capacity um when, when you turn 40 just everything stops holding up and um everybody everything hangs low uh but you'll figure it out and it'll be depressing 
but listen to me, the, this flesh is one kind, and I, I consider it, you know, I, sometimes I cut myself, and within a couple of days, that's it, it's gone, and, my, and it's just normal again, and, and so um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this rubbery material that gets wet, and it doesn't dissolve. Uh, it's amazing, you could put super glue on your hand, and in a couple of days, the super glue is gone, but your hand is still there, and, and so it doesn't matter, it's, it's, it's amazing in our creation how God made us. Um, but the flesh of men is one kind and the flesh of animals is other. If, if you know the flesh of elephants and rhinoceroses, they're, they're, they're tough and, and they take a beating and, and, and so we don't have that. Uh, another is the flesh of fish and, and I'm, I'm blown away by fish and their scales and how they, they do water and, and how amazing in their creation. Every expression of the things God created, the natural things to have, and the birds. I, I freak out that penguins have feathers but don't fly. I'm like, I thought they're birds and they have feathers, why don't they fly? And ostriches too, they have big feathers and don't fly. And so, thank God they don't fly because if they were to poop, it'd be horrible. <laughs> but, but fish, birds, the natural things, human flesh, all these things are different and they were all created by God. But look what the Bible says here in verse 40 as it continues to give us understanding. There are also heavenly bodies, spiritual bodies. In the celestial, before the spiritual, he says these, there's terrestrial existence but there's celestial. And then he starts talking about the glory of those things above in the in the heavens, the glory, there's glory for those things above and there's glory for those things on the earth. And then he, he goes on to say, the glory, verse 40, no, 41. There is glory and beauty of the sun. The sun has one capacity to shine, but the moon has a glory. There's the glory of the sun, there's the glory of the moon, and there's another glory of the stars. One star differs from another star in glory. And so the same thing in the body of Christ. If you see some incredibly non-compromising man and woman of faith, you're going to see some incredible things for the glory of God. And then you see other people that are struggling in areas they have not surrendered to God. They still haven't laid down at the feet of Jesus. He wants to raise them up with greater glory, and that's what it tells us in this chapter. He says, when a man is sown in the flesh, the corrupt flesh, he raises up a spiritual body. So I, I want to go there, Matthew 6 29, he says there was a man who was super rich and super blessed, but he did not get to the point of what God had prepared for him. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory failed to be arrayed with the glory God had for him. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, you see that guy, he lived an incredible life, but zero in compared to what I had him prepared for. He never attained it. 
He stayed in a natural existence of his own glory when I had something greater for him. Not even Solomon in all the things that he sought upon the earth was able to be arrayed like, in other words, God is saying, I had clothing for Solomon he never wore. And I'm asking the question, could that be the case with you? Could, could it be the case that when God spoke to you, you didn't listen, and then you went with what you were speaking? Did you, did you, the, the, one of the, this is a chapter on the worries of life being anxious. He says people that are anxious and worry and they go in the direction of the cares of this life could never put on the garments of glory because they were more concerned with the natural things. And he says in verse 31, you have little faith, do not worry or be anxious about anything, about what you're gonna eat and what you're gonna drink or what you're gonna wear. These things, verse 32, the Gentiles are seeking, but your father in heaven knows you need them. Verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and watch his glory come and give you all things to be added. Do not worry, verse 34, about tomorrow. These things will stagnate the glory God is developing. But if you take worry out and anxiety and the troubles of this life, God is about to dress you in a manner that's going to shine bright. Let's read 2 Thessalonians 2.14. He says, as we do these things, we are setting ourselves up for greater expressions of his glory to which he called you by the gospel. If the gospel has come to you, it's because God wants to fit you tailor-made clothes obtaining the glory of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. He called you by the gospel for obtaining of the glory. Are you going to allow that to fall short? Are you going to allow that to fall by the wayside? There it says in Romans 9.23, another passage that prepares us for this reality and that he might make known the riches of his glory on vessels of mercy, which he had prepared before for glory. Beforehand for what? For glory. Before he had prepared beforehand for what? For glory. And a lot of people have a complex. Well, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that would put on glory. Well, guess what? That was, you were created for that. For great expressions of glory upon you to sustain as a vessel of mercy. And so I know that I'm just scratching the surface in these affairs. Uh, we go on to Psalm 84, 11 where the psalmist is able to see that he not only receives glory, but the Lord God is a sun. He's this brilliant, radiant star, and the Lord will give grace and glory. He's going to give you the capacity to sustain yourself in the travel, and he's going to pour upon you glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So now here it is. I don't know where you are in the spectrum. Let's put the slide back up. If you're out here walking away from God's plan and away from his indications, how easily when God is through his Holy Spirit grieving you to turn and do opposite than what you're deciding to do, do you fight the Holy Spirit? Do you tell him, I, I see that if only I could get on top of that mountain, there's going to there's be promise. No, 
repent, turn around and start running in the direction of everything the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. It's crazy stuff. If you don't have a heart for God, you're not going to turn. So I know that in my lifetime, there are many times that there was a, a ramp off the highway of holiness. There was a ramp off the, the turn back to glory. And, and I said, no, I have to believe that God has a plan for me. Um, in marrying Yvette, that was the case. And finding my companion. And I had these standards according to the word. She needed to love Jesus more than I love Jesus. Put those standards up there so you can see the glory of God. You, you don't want to find somebody out here in darkness with shame. Because it, it's going to be a shameful walk. But, but if you seek, to, and this is why we, we name this, this sermon, if you miss God, you miss his glory. We can't afford it. I don't know you, but I, I don't like to be leaguer or, or, or just wander off into no man's land. Here it is in um, 2 Corinthians 4.17. Not only does he give grace, he gives glory for our light afflictions, the things that we're going through, which is only for a moment. It's working in us a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. So the trial, sometimes you think, well, it's not worth it. It's worth it. That little trial is just perfecting you, getting you ready for the greater glory of God in your life. And, and don't let no devil convince you otherwise. That God has laid up for you a greater and more exceeding weight of glory for your life and for your children. If you are going through these trials with understanding. And so it, it allows us not to compromise. It allows us to move forward um, it says that we will be the vessels of his mercy, filled with his glory. First um, Timothy 1.17, this is not a temporary expression of glory. Now to the keen, immortal, eternal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. It, amen. It doesn't fade. It doesn't, it doesn't go south up the road. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Let's go to verse, yeah, let's go to verse one first. Shine, the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In, in the midst of great darkness, verse two, where the people are going through darkness and deep dark, darkness covers the people that were created for his glory, the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. This is just like an incredible lifting up in a direction that far surpasses anything you can imagine. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, has not even come into the imagination of man's heart. Things God has prepared for you to shine while other people are, are wandering in darkness. One of the people we met on this trip, they, they, they said, well, I'm just a wanderer. I just, I'm, I'm a nomad. I'm a gypsy. I'm, a, I'm just... I'm just Rounding the earth with no purpose, with no direction, and missing totally the glory of God. Verse 19, here, Isaiah 60, verse 19, it says these words The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor shall the brightness of the moon give light to you, but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and your God, your glory. I love that passage in 
Revelations 21, 23 says, when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any need for a sun or a moon. The city has no need for a sun or a moon to shine for the glory of the Lord will illuminate it. The lamb is the light. This lamb was full of grace and mercy, full of the glory of God as he walked upon the earth. We are his followers. It says in that city, no sun, no moon, no natural expression but the glory of God illuminates the city. Verse 22, I want it to illuminate your life. I want it uh, to see when people look at your life. I said, I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. It's, it's, it, they're, they're moving in the direction. Let's go to 22 verse 5. There shall be no night there. You imagine that if you're walking towards the glory of God, even, even, as, even as we got to the event and Geraldo was like super downcast. He goes, I can't believe I brought you all the way out here and you don't get a ticket. I say, hey, don't despair, my friend. God has a plan. Why? Because he's going to glorify himself. I'm not going to go with the natural things of what you can do. I'm expecting something God's going to do. And what was it? Sat in the front row, uh, in the fifth seat. And and the peanut butter cookie, my favorite. And and then he got yeah, because my pass the the one he would have gotten no red carpet. The one I got, I'm going with the stars. The bishop got to go with the stars. That's a shine bright. And and the capacity to be able to show all the people, even the gentleman who was giving me his ticket, he got the glorious upgrade to a VIP plus with the big guys there. And, and you know what that is? Again, every expectation, and, and a lot of people, they, they, they can't believe this is true. I just, I just revealed it through scripture that we were created for his glory. So don't fall short. Don't, don't settle for less. Don't, don't sell out. Make sure that what's happening in your life, five stars and above, uh, huge expressions of what? Of glory if we don't fall short. Back again here. When you sin, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. When, you, when you're doing your own thing, don't expect glory. That's, that's been the devastation of Christianity for the last 50 years. Hey, Dad, how come you and Mom got divorced? Because they weren't all in. They compromised. They sold out. They're, they're not living according to the standard, the gold standard. When the trials came, what they were building fell apart because it was cheap labor, cheap putting things together. How come my kids are not following? Because you, you didn't give them the gold standard for excellence. Uh, we, we come, uh, I got to say this, this is transparency here. We come from the world of doing shameful, embarrassing stuff. And so... Um, we, we were, with our children as they grew up, because of how we grew up, we are like, man, our kid doesn't smoke pot. Look, that's the lower level of a standard. Amen. They're called to be, you know, big time people. And, and we couldn't give them the, the standard of gold because of where we came from. But now that we're coming to Christ, you could just imagine where he wants to take us and what the sacrifice is going to be. 
And so David would say these words, I'd rather be in the house one day than a thousand elsewhere. I'm not going to miss whenever the house of the Lord is open because I want to see the glory of God and not my cheesy Christianity, my lame ability to serve the Lord. Um, so so th I've given you the word of the Lord this morning. Uh, we say like this, we know where God is at. If you miss God, it's because you want to, because he has revealed himself to us, and, and we're going from glory to glory. And that tells me that God's game plan is never a downside. There's an upside to every downside. And I'm going to hang on to see the glory of God, and I'm going to get away from this lifestyle where I miss God and I miss the glory. Father, we thank you this morning for your faithfulness and speaking to us so clearly that we might understand these things. Uh, that are genuine, that are real, that are perfect, that are acceptable, um, that are pleasing, oh God. We pray that we might live from this day forward for your glory, that we not have to be a part of the glory of this world that fades, the glory of man that fades like the grass of the field, like the flowers of the field, that when the sun comes out, it's over, it dries up and withers Father, we pray that we might be renewed and resilient in our commitment to build with gold, silver, and precious stones, things that trials polish and perfect, and not with the lame hay, straw, and wood that are consumed with the trials of fire. We pray that you be the glory. And Father, even now, as we missed you on many occasions in the past, that you convert those ashes into glory. You're the one that's able to do that, Lord. The times we miss giving you our best and we deserve the worst, that your faithfulness and mercy would renew us so that we would attain high ground, that we would, Father God, decide to shine, arise and shine bright in the midst of darkness, Lord. We glorify your name. We ask for a, a wonderful week with our families, uh, with our friends. Renew our thoughts. Give us renewed mercy and forgiveness for those who have offended us or we have offended we pray that the blood of Jesus would wash us away, Lord. Make us brand new, white as snow, Lord. For your glory, for your honor, in Jesus' name we pray. And the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. And we'll see you on Wednesday for midweek Bible study. Uh, we're getting excited for the Christmas gala. There's 600 people on the waiting list at the gala that missed their tickets. Um, see you next year. God bless you.